we're putting God first and believing that he's going to help us accomplish our impossible goals. I'm Melody Bateman. I'm a running coach, and I believe in letting the real you out. I'm Tracy Robbins King, and I'm a creation coach. I am enthusiastic about helping people make incremental progress. And we're three peas in pod as we're entrepreneurs, runners, and podcasters. So there's going to be a lot of nerding out. Episodes drop Monday. Woo woo. Welcome back, Steph and Melody. I'm so glad you guys are here. We uh, let's report on our wins. So a victory from the past week. Who wants to go first? <laughs> wow. Not don't everyone say yes at once. <laughs> I just, I will, I wasn't prepared with the victory. I'm like thinking over this past week. I know. I'm like, oh man, I, I haven't really thought very hard. Um, <laughs> okay. I'll tell you my see. victory. I'll yes, go first. Hear. I'll okay, go first. Go. Okay. My victory is that on Monday night, David and I had over my cousin and cousin-in-law for, and their three kids for uh, dinner. And I remembered at 4.30 p.m., and David, anyway, I, I remember that point and I was like, looked at my menu plan, looked at what we had in the fridge. We hadn't been grocery shopping for a while. And I thought, I know how to do this. So I whipped up some Zupa Toscana. We didn't have any chips, so I made them out of my corn tortillas. I just learned, I just barely watched somebody how they did it. Super easy. I was like, yeah, I can do that. So I made my own corn tortilla chips and I, um, and then we made a relish tray. We had a relish tray with just like the veggies that we had in our thing. And we got our lettuce all cleaned and ready to put if they wanted to make it out of a salad with the fruit that she was bringing. And you guys, I don't know how I like it just built my confidence that I did not freak out. I did not feel stressed about it. It was just like, I got this. I can make this work. It's going to be fine. And that's really a result of having a list of recipes that I can go to, like a go-to list that makes me feel totally empowered. And now in the past, that would have been like a moment of freak out. Instead, it was like, I got this. Whoa, Tracy, you're such a uh, homemaking goddess i love it <laughs> i'm so impressed with you yeah thank you <laughs> yeah i feel like goddess we are worthy <laughs> <laughs> yeah dang tracy way to go that's a huge win thank you um okay i thought of my win so I Marco polled you guys about how I was so overwhelmed with food prep, right? And I also have talked about how I just am overwhelmed with basically my entire life. Like I just have not, honestly, ever since high school, like I have not been able to figure out how to keep track of all my responsibilities and also feed myself and clean my house and do all those things. <coughs> I just cannot get a hang of it. And I feel like you guys are going to laugh at me because this whole time I've been like, Oh, the whole like tracking thing doesn't work for me. But um, okay. I know that people listening to this cannot see, 
but I'm going to flip this around and I just want to show you guys really quick what I made. So I made a, um, a spreadsheet. So with like all the tasks I have to do in a week and then all the tasks I have to do in a month, I made a workout schedule, a cleaning schedule, a cooking schedule with all of my favorite recipes. And then you can click on each recipe and it takes you to the recipe with the ingredients so I can make my shopping list really quickly and easily. Um, and then I have like a work to-do list and a personal to-do list. And I created this so I can access it on my computer. I can access it on my phone. And this was the first week, literally you guys, in years that I have planned my entire week and I don't feel stressed. I planned my whole week in one hour and it didn't send me into this like anxiety breakdown like it usually does. I felt good about it. And not only have I been productive every day, but I've had like space in my day. Like I get everything done that I need to get done. And then I also have time to like take a nap and read and do other things I want to do. And this has been fantastic. So, and also when I planned my meals this week, after I built this, which took a while, but I did my, my meal planning and my grocery shopping list in 15 minutes. Amazing. Wow. Oh my goodness. Melody, so many victories. That's incredible. Thank you. I'm excited. I think this is really working. So. Well, and that's nice that you have an all in one sheet, right? Like, cause yeah. it looked like they were different tabs. Mm-hmm which is nice that it's all in one place. It's how you want it. It's customized. So that's awesome. Thanks. That's amazing. Huge victory. Thank you. Um, and thinking about my week and victories, guys, I am pulling a blank, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I didn't have a victory, but I had a traumatic fit. Well, it's not even a fail, but I wouldn't call it a victory the 5k like that was like I've I was mad I was frustrated I mean I was only seven minutes away from the time that Melody wanted me to that was the goal that we set but um I I just I didn't like how the course was mapped out I felt confused and I think it brought back some PTSD so that's more my like not happy moment of the week but my victory I don't no, I can't think of any more things. So I'm not going to just say something to be cool. <laughs> Steph, I feel like that 5K was a victory, honestly. Because I, I think don't feel you, like it was, though. I feel like you you don't like racing, right? You don't no, like I it. I hate it. But you, you push yourself out of your comfort zone and you did it anyways. And even though it didn't turn out the way you wanted it to turn out, I think you should be proud of yourself for getting out of your comfort zone and doing it anyways. And I think you learned a ton from it. I think it was really good for you. And I, I think moving forward, I think each race is going to get easier and easier and better and better. Yeah. I, I don't know. I still feel like I have anger from it though. <laughs> because right. like the map wasn't clear and of like, I didn't know the route. And so I just started following these other racers and they're like, we're done, you know? And the way that they had mapped out was terrible. I got to the finish line and this girl was in the middle taking a selfie and I was like, move. <laughs> I was sick of people stopping right in front of me. They would like catch up to me and then they would stop right in front of me. And I had that happen so many times and I, I don't know. 
I know that, like, it was a learning experience, but that wasn't my happiest moment of the week. Let's just put it that way. I don't feel like it's a failure, but it was, like, my most traumatic experience of the week. <laughs> right. And I also feel like most of those experiences can be rather illuminating. Like, mm. why was that so upsetting to me? Yeah. Why do I feel so angry? Yeah. It's the whole curiosity, getting curiosity about, I mean, getting curious about our anger. And I think you unpacked that pretty well figured out some things about that, why it was so hard. So, totally. all right, well, you guys, we, uh, let's, so let's jump into our uh, goals. I mean, so our invitation this week was to go to God first, rather. So when we're tempted to go to like our friends, we were supposed to go to God first. And uh, does anyone want to go first on this? I can go. I don't, have a whole bunch to say about it but i to be totally honest i feel like um i feel like i have been going to god first and i also just didn't have like a lot on my mind this week where i like felt like i needed to like reach out to people um but i i have just been focusing on like talking to god better and like having my heart in the right place. So something that I did, well, that I'm doing is at night, instead of kneeling by my bed and saying my prayer in my head, I'm going into a different room and turning on a fan. So Jacob can't hear me and I'm praying out loud and I'm not going to lie. That's what I did as a kid. And it, I just like would go downstairs in my room and I would just talk to God. Like I was talking to a friend. Um, but my relationship with God isn't as good and, and it felt awkward praying out loud and it still feels awkward, but it feels better and I, I'm more focused. So I'm going to continue doing that. But my experience, that was my experience with it. It felt a little bit awkward, but it also feels better. So that's amazing. I think that's a huge victory to like yeah. do the awkwardness still and still do it, like keep going at it. I think that's really powerful. Thanks. Thanks. So that was kind of, kind of what I did. Like I, like I said, I didn't really feel like I had any like big pressing, like I need to talk to someone about this this week, you know? So, so I just focused on talking to God better. And I feel like, you know, as I've recorded myself now for going on, this is the third year. I know that I am awesome for two and a half weeks on things. And then, like, I hit a wall. And so I hit that this week. Last week, I was feeling super close to Heavenly Father. And this week, it just was, I mean, and even after the race, I, like, thanked him for his help. And, but I was like, no, I don't want to talk to you about this. I want to Marco Polo. And so I think that um, this week, you know, I've still been, um, I haven't been as consistent with my scripture study and prayers, but I've still been doing it, you know, like where before it would just be non-existent. Um, but I definitely think that like I've been a little bit more like distant and but I have thoughts like different times this week of like, OK, go to Heavenly Father first before a friend. And so I've done it, but it's sort of been out of obligation, like, OK, I'm telling you this, but I'm going to go yeah. <laughs> talk to my friend. <laughs> So, yeah, well, I, I appreciate the, I actually think 
it's just interesting to see like our our desires and how they get like kind of oh i'm supposed to do this so i guess i'll do it and then it doesn't feel as good <laughs> and so there is some like we do kind of have to work through our own like how can i come to you god even though sometimes i don't want to come to you mm-hmm. um, and get to that willingness like how do i get into a state of willingness or into a place where i'm willing um and i think we were at different times in our cycle i would even say it's easier than other yeah. times and so i do think there yeah. is like, there is something to be said for that and to get in harmony with it and kind of be like, you know, I know I'm going to be more resistant and that's okay. And I love and accept myself where I am. So um, for me, honestly, I feel like, oh, it was so hard for me, you guys. I realize this is probably one of my biggest weaknesses. I always want to go to other people before I go to God. And so for me, I would say, I just didn't do very well at this one. And I kind and I knew it sort of. Like I was like, oh Tracy, like you're going to your friends. You're going to your friends. You're going to your friends. <laughs> and I, I <laughs> this is definitely like my natural path is to go to friends. It's not to go to God first. And so I just think I became aware that it's definitely there. Um I feel like I also had, because I had been reading the scriptures this week, I haven't been quite as like diligent in my scripture study, but I did notice last week. um, Okay. I noticed last week that I had more promptings that I was receiving. I just felt like there were more promptings. There were more like this. I did, I did feel like the spirit was communicating to me about specific situations and I could feel the spirit talking to me. So, I had an in, I had a friend come over on Thursday, or I mean on Saturday. I had a friend come over and we went walking. And in that conversation, I was able to just be honest with her. And I feel like she received it with a lot of grace, which I'm so grateful for. But I also feel like when she was leaving, I felt like also she needed more time. She needed more people. She needed more time with a person. And so I had her come inside and we spent more time together. And then when she was leaving, I had this water bottle, this brand new Owala water bottle. They're my favorite, these water bottles. And I- um, Tracy, how many water bottles have you lost? Oh, over 30 for sure. Yeah, 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 pretty intense. But this Owala water bottle, I just barely got. And I had an extra that I was gonna give to somebody else, but I felt the prompting to give it to her. And I did. And she's like, oh, that's so interesting. I was looking for water bottles this week. And I know that's just like a little thing, but I feel like that's how God shows his grace to me. Like there there are two sides of grace, right? You can be the grace giver or you can be the instrument. And there's also the person who's like, wow, that was God's grace that he showed me. And I've just been such the recipient of God's grace. And I know that sounds kind of, but it was just this reminder that like little things, there were just like little wins or little things that I felt like the spirit was kind of knocking and I had some stuff that was upsetting and then I went to church on Sunday and just felt like the sermon and the the sermons that were shared by the two different speakers were just what I needed they and they aligned perfectly with what I had been worried about earlier in that week right so it's just so I think I noticed those things but for me uh going to my friends first is definitely not something that really got changed this week but i do feel like i i was aware of it i'm more aware of how much of a temptation it is for me you know it was interesting 
it, oh, interesting um, going along with that. So this week I was watching um, The Chosen with Friends, and I haven't really, like, watched a ton of the episodes. Um, but one of the people that we were with, like, paused the show halfway between, and it was with um, the uh, apostles. Um, th so he was in, like, Simon Peter's house, right? And he was like, hey, drop your nets and go sit with your mother-in-law. And the person brought up, like, here they are with Christ. And Simon was still reluctant to go do what Christ asked him to do. And that might be fiction or not. You know, like, The Chosen's this creative um, sort of interpretation. But it just was that reminder of, I think that sometimes we think, like, oh, well, yeah. Like, if I was sitting and chatting with Heavenly Father and, and Jesus, I would... I would like just do whatever they say or I would go to them first, but I don't know if that would be the case. So what are you guys' thoughts on that? I think, well, honestly, the first thing I thought was mm, that makes me feel a little bit better because man, if they don't even follow Jesus when he's like right there, then um, when I choose to not follow Jesus and he's not there, like it makes me, I don't know. It makes me feel a little bit better about myself. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but it also makes me think that it makes me think about faith. Like sometimes I, I have a really hard time doing things when I don't understand why I'm doing them, which is what faith is. Right. Um, and and like sometimes I'm like, man, this would be a lot easier if I could just see Jesus or if I if I just understood why, you know. But I think that's the point of faith. And and even if if I, I did see Jesus, even if he was right there in front of me, like who knows if, if I would actually do it. Like that the point is to just have faith and trust, you know. I I think I find that just to be normal. I'm like, yeah, of course they felt that way. There were times where they didn't want to do what Jesus told them to do, no doubt, because they're humans just like me. So I think in a way there's this part of me that thinks, oh, yeah, like that happens, right? Where we're, we're you know, we just do that. That's what humans do. Humans resist things. Even when it is good for them, they resist. Even when it's the right thing to do, we resist. And sometimes the resistance is actually such a great thing to get curious about. Why don't I want to do this? Why is there something here that is so frustrating for me? I think a lot of us, I mean, how many of us want to resist working out or moving our bodies? Come on, that is the most human, natural thing to do is just, ah, I don't want to move. I don't want to do these things. But we know that once we do it, we'll feel better we'll be happier, we'll receive the benefits of having made that, that choice. And so I guess there's that part of me that thinks if we can release that and be like, I see resistance, okay, you're here, I'm feeling you, and I'm letting you go, resistance, or whatever it is, but just that whole idea that we see the resistance and we see it as a friend, just kind of like the anxiety, like the anger, I think when we start to see them as they are here to teach us something, they're here to show us something that that's a benefit. And then it's easier, maybe, maybe not it's easier, but it's just like, oh yeah, 
I'm following Jesus, not because it's always easy, but because it really does make me feel better in the long run. So maybe I was just going to say, so, so maybe just remembering your why, why am I doing what I'm doing when you feel resistance? Yeah, I think it's understanding your why, of course, is super helpful when you have a bigger vision, right? Like, oh, yeah, I want to actually get into shape right now. So if I want to get in shape, I'm going to have to go do the thing that I don't want to do. But the only person yeah. going to do the thing is me. So <laughs> the thing. Well, and then I think like, like looking at the bigger, bigger picture, like, why do I want to get into shape? because I want to feel good, because I want to spend time with my family, because I want to be able to pick up my grandkids. <coughs> Excuse me. Because I want to be able to, for me, I want to be able to have fun with my husband. That's how we connect is through movement. So I want to be healthy so we can go on adventures and have fun together. And that's the most important relationship in my life next to God, right? So I think like knowing the big, big picture is really helpful. You know, and it's interesting um, because I am just thinking about how, like, these cycles with myself, right? And how, um, yes, it might be hormones, but also from the second Thursday of the month to the third Thursday of the month, I am anxious. And, like, I just, I can't focus on anything. Like, I feel overwhelmed. And it's greatly due <laughs> to our Utah Podcast Coalition. And I'm just sitting here as you're thinking, as you're talking about like anxiety and resistance and stuff and, and how like really last meeting, like I was feeling it. I felt so, so great, you know, um, but I feel like this is the time if I go back and if I listen to all the episodes that are that like second to third week, I bet that I will see the habit. The, like the pattern there um just because I start to get overwhelmed and it's not even um with things that I have to do but it's like with our coalition tomorrow like I'm just like are people gonna come are they gonna enjoy themselves like it's all that anxiety and then I'm like oh there's so much that I need to do but it's not really like I have that much to do but it's just like this overwhelming sense um yeah oh Steph that is such a great thing for us to talk about at your coaching call. <laughs> right. Uh, but I, I do have to say there is so much in that. And I just want to identify one thing that I noticed in what you said. So I noticed that you are taking on the experience for other people. I know. And it's the host in me, right? Like anytime I host... Like, I enjoy it, but I want people to have a great, good time. And especially with this, I think I get so, I, I get so, I mean, it's anything that I host, right? Um, but I think I like the more spontaneous. I usually invite people, like, last minute to stuff because then I'm not, like, stressing about things. They got to invite two minutes before, right? So. And that's why the spontaneity is way better. Yeah, 100%. Because I didn't get to sit here and anticipate, will people have a good time? Will they be, will they come again? All of this expectation that we have on the experience. And I I think that's uh, 
there's a lot there that could be kind of unpacked, right? Because I think that goes back to like where you, what you were taught growing up and stuff and what you were modeled. And I'm, I'm, most of us have stuff about trying to make people happy, hope they have a great time, want everyone to feel good. And the truth of the matter is that's none of your responsibility. Your responsibility in realm of control is only that you do your part for the things that you can control. You can control the controllables, but everything else, a person's experience is totally dependent on them. And I don't know if you guys feel this way when you get anxious, like super anxious, but it's like, I just, that's when I like numb myself with either like Facebook. I was on Facebook so much the other day or TV or whatever. And, and that's when I would stop reading my scriptures. That's when I stopped praying. And so I don't know why I just had this aha moment as you guys were talking about things that I was like, oh, I think that this is why I'm not blaming it on it or putting it on it at all. But like, I think that that like Tracy, you had talked this week going somewhere and someone asked if you were stressed, like, and you're like, no, I'm not stressed. But sometimes there's that underlying stress. Yeah. So you guys, have you seen Encanto? Uh-uh. Disney show? Have you seen it, Melody? Cute. I yeah. love it. So there's a song and in it, it says surface pressure. It's called surface pressure. And it's the, it's one of the sisters and her gift is strength. And, and here it says like, she talks about it. She's, and anyway, it just says like under the surface, I feel berserk as a tightrope walker in a three ring circus under the surface was Hercule, Hercules ever like, yo, I don't want to fight Sarah, Sir, Cerberus. I don't know how you say that under the surface. I'm pretty sure I'm worthless if I can't be of service. And I just think that that song has been running in my mind ever since I went to my appointment and I went to an appointment, you guys, I got a scan in my nervous system. So there were three different systems that were out of whack and it was my nervous system, my uh, digestive system and my uh, endocrine system. And I was like, what? Right? And they're like, you must be stressed. I'm like, I'm not stressed. Right? There was this part where I was like, no, I'm not. And then I started to think about it more and I said, well, what's underneath the surface, right? What's under the surface that I'm maybe not acknowledging or that I'm not really seeing, but that's still present that I'm just not choosing to see. And, and if there's, and it also, I looked at environmental factors. Is there some kind of environmental factor that could also be setting off my endocrine system? But do you see what I mean? So those, those things are like worth looking at. And I think Steph identifying like, oh, this is the thing I'm feeling anticipatory. I'm feeling, I'm anticipating it. And it's creating anxiety as a result of that. Okay, and I have a question, Tracy, and maybe this is helpful for you too, Steph. But so, Steph, you talked about how you recognize um, that during those times of high anxiety, that's when you start to buffer with um, social media. Would that, that's, so I'm still trying to understand the whole concept of when, like, let yourself feel the feelings instead of buffering, right? So that would be an appropriate time to like say you're scrolling Facebook and you are aware of, oh, like I'm totally buffering right now. So would that be a time to like put down your phone, sit down in your chair and just 
feel what you're feeling. And does that mean, this is what I've discovered. Tell me this is right or wrong. And maybe it's different for lots of people. But for me, feeling the feelings is like not filtering my thoughts at all. Because I feel like I'm kind of always in my head about, oh, what does that thought mean? And why did I think that? Why did I react that way? Like always like psychoanalyzing myself and then like meta feelings on top of everything. It just is like this big old mess. But when, when I feel my feelings, I lately have just been throwing all of that out the window. And then I just think everything I want to think like that person's an idiot and that was stupid. And I just think everything that naturally I want to think, I just let myself do that. And that has been really helpful. Um, and then um, I have noticed that by doing that, it does lessen the anxiety. Most of the time it doesn't like take it away, but it lessens it. And then it gets me in a headspace where I can think through it a little bit better and maybe like stop buffering and, and do something a little bit more intentional. So what a great usage of the word buffering. I think that's such a great word. I think, wow, yeah, you're buffering, right? You're 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 with you're holding yourself from the actual thing that you, you're holding, you're giving a space between you and the feeling that's not fun. So for example, in Steph's situation, first off, I just think, thanks for sharing that. Thanks Steph for telling us how this is the behavior you've noticed and this is how you're coping with it. And I would say what you're doing is correct. And well, I think that's productive. I think it's productive. My judgment is that it's productive because <laughs> you let go of all of those things like, oh, why am I thinking that? Instead of just being like, oh, this is all the things I'm thinking. This is how I'm really feeling. And I'm allowing myself to feel the anxiety. For me, feeling my anxiety and intensity is so uncomfortable. I loathe it. I don't want to do it. I want to ignore those feelings. And I would say that that's totally normal, right? We just want to ignore it and we don't want to feel it. But I would say that the most productive thing to do is say, guess what, for 90 seconds, I'm going to set my timer. And I'm going to feel I'm going to sit here with this feeling or the thoughts or whatever. And I'm going to I'm going to suspend my judgment of this experience. And I'm just going to feel it for 90 seconds. And then as soon as the timer goes off, you say to yourself, hi, anxiety, I see you, you came to visit. And now I'm going to let you go. And then you stand up and you move somewhere. Like you do some type of movement in regards that you move into another room or you move around for a circle before you come back to your desk or whatever it is. But you'll see that it starts to lessen. Mm, that's awesome. And I didn't mean to like take the focus off you stuff. No, um, you're totally fine. I, just, I thought maybe that that would be helpful for you too. Um, but I also want to say that I, I totally get it because I do the same thing. I, I notice when my anxiety goes up, I buffer too with social media is a big thing. And then also food. I always go to food. Um, so anyways, I think we all have our, our forms of buffering, right? Because feeling those feelings is the worst thing ever. Well, and I think that as I'm sitting here and I'm listening to this and I'm being honest with myself, because I've always been like, oh, like I get anxious with situations, right? Like dating if brings on anxiety, not in a way of I love like 
first dates and meeting people, but like once I like someone, I get super anxious, which I think is true for a lot of people, right? But I don't feel, I'm like, oh, I don't feel this anxiety in other situations. But I actually think that's lying to myself because if I look at right now with work, I feel so overwhelmed and so anxious. And I think that there's just like this underlying anxiety because I'm constantly putting myself out of my comfort zone, which like isn't always a bad thing. But when you're doing that all the time um, and and I feel like I have been where I've been calling up and we interviewed a senator and we've interviewed about these controversial topics and then we have all these people, the most people we've ever had sign up for the Utah Podcast Coalition. It's very, um, like the imposter syndrome is there, the feeling of, oh my gosh, I have to bring it to a higher level. And so I think as I'm just like listening to this, I'm like, yeah, I, I think my anxiety has gotten a lot um, more intense. And so I love what you were saying, though, Melody, of just like sitting there feeling Tracy, like the, the timer. And that's what I want to be more aware of. Um, as And that I, like what you said, Tracy, that like it's not my responsibility to make people happy. They're responsible for their own happiness. Yeah. And I think it's all of this is easier said than done. It's yeah. all easier said than done. But it, I, I do feel like you'll, I just think that it is like a low grade and it grates on you. It's grading. It's grading to have a low sort of fight or flight when you're in fight or flight for like a long time or because you're just constantly leaving your, your comfort zone that you're just stretching yourself so much that if it's just underneath everything, it, it starts to flavor your experiences in so many different areas. And you start to realize, okay, something isn't being dealt with. Also just a physical response you can do just so you know, if you literally do that, so you do two breaths in through your nose and let it out with a sound. Uh, I just learned that trick again, was reminded of that trick, but it's a really good one. So the thing is in your breathing, just so you know, right? Why do people meditate? There's a lot of science behind it. The reason why is because your lower lobes of your lungs, your lung capacity, your lower lobes are what uh, instigate in your in your limb in your actual brain. They're the, the lower lobes when they actually inflate, which means that you're doing belly breathing, right? Belly breathing. If you're doing that, then your lower lobes are actually instigating the rest and digest in your brain, which is so good for us, right? But if you're only breathing in the upper parts of your of your lungs, then what's happening is that you are staying in a in a state of fight or flight. Basically, you're staying in a in a more stressed out state. So that's why breathing, just like taking time to be like, okay, I'm gonna breathe through my, I'm gonna actually do a belly breath right now, right? And I'm gonna watch my stomach expand and contract as I breathe out. Those things are really helpful as well in a moment if you really notice like, wow, I'm getting really stressed. I probably need to breathe. <laughs> I wonder, oh wait, go ahead. what were you gonna say? Oh, go ahead. I just was thinking about, you know, like back in the day, in the 1800s, early 1900s, if they um, really had 
anxiety or if that's more a thing of like this century because I also think that like being overstimulated sometimes brings that on right too um so that's where I go to buffer but then I get over overstimulated of like all the stuff on social media or um just different shows so what are you guys' thoughts on that I think that's so true I've noticed that too like with my little social media fast that I did, I just felt like my soul fill back up and I've been on it again. And it just, it totally drains me. It makes me feel so empty. And I've noticed that when I, it just makes me feel so anxious, like just cause it's just so much information. It's just so much to process. And all of a sudden I just feel everything in my head, like, like ping pong balls all over the place. And I just, I can't think straight, you know, and that, that totally brings my anxiety up. So I think that's true. And then when that becomes your buffer, that's terrible because you're already feeling anxious. And then you get on Instagram and makes your brain go 10 times faster and it brings your anxiety up. It just is a yucky cycle. I would agree with that. What Melody said, I would also say, yes, they did experience anxiety in the 1800s. They also experienced it at all times in our history. I would say it's all, it's been a, it is a human experience, but I think most of the time, uh, I think it's become a systemic problem in our day and age because technology undoubtedly has impacted (coughs) our quality of life and it's impacted how much stimulus we're receiving and it's also impacted our sleep cycles because we're on our phones and then we go to sleep and it's it's harder to sleep right so there's there's so many connections there so of course there there has to be there is an increase and also just that that natural human tendency to compare and to envy uh, that I feel like it's exacerbated by technology whereas it might have been not as easy to access all the people who had cooler lives than you. Uh, But I think now it's just so accessible to see these people's Instagram feeds and think, are you real? And not even are you real, but wow, you're so talented or holy cow, you're giving such great content or whatever it is that you can be envious about. I think it really, and I actually feel like envy and jealousy are just great indicators of things that you have the potential to do. So, you know, pay attention to those things. But I still feel like most of us will use that because there's just so much stimulus. So our, our modern society creates so much stimulus. And of course, overstimulation leaves us in a more anxious state. I think technology in our day and then also expectations in our day. I think we're expected, especially as women, don't even get me started in our day. I just feel like we're expected to do so much. So learning how to just ignore other people's thoughts and opinions and do what is best for you, right? Guys, I feel like <laughs> we're our subject, we always go down different rabbit holes but I always like it so yeah I feel like it's the natural flow of conversation Mm -hmm. anyway well uh, does anyone want to do do you guys want to do reports on our goals um before we do that Trace could you talk about because I feel like this I found this very helpful 
um, the, the rainbow of emotions. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Yeah, for sure. One second. I, cause I did a little coaching with, um, Tracy on Friday and I've just been paying, especially after that experience on Saturday of paying attention. Okay. Why am I feeling anger? Why am I feeling frustration? And I think that does help. And I think that like talking to you guys today, cause like I started it and I was just like, sort of in a bad mood because the things I've wanted to get done this week haven't, you know? Um, but now I feel like re-energized to be like, okay, we need to go have a little heart to heart with Heavenly Father. <laughs> like, <laughs> and let's like, let's figure some of these out. Let's sit in my feelings, you know? So I think that that, um, I don't know. I just, I also, one song. part I haven't mentioned too is like when you let go of an emotion when you're like, Hey, guess, guess what? Normally what I do is I give it to Jesus. So I'm like, Hey, I, I give it, I give, I'm giving you my anxiety. If you want to take this, it's yours. And he might not take it this time, but I'll be like, Hey, I'm surrendering it again to you. It's yours. <laughs> you know, there you go. You know how to carry this. And you know what? The scriptures invite me to let you carry my burdens. And this is a burden. So please, here you go. I release it. <laughs> and sometimes he doesn't take it away immediately, but I have found when I'm actually in the state of surrender often that he takes it a lot more frequently because he knows I'm trying to give it to him. Like, here you go. Mm -hmm. you, go. you got it. <laughs> okay. So I love it. Um, I, my book is in the other room and I sort of need it for my guide, but I will, we'll just roll with it right here. So you have it on your list, right? Yeah. I'll text it to you right now. Okay. So this is taken from the book, Letting Go by uh, Dr. Hawkins. I've talked about this several times on this uh, podcast already, but I've been reading this book. And what he teaches is specifically this, this spectrum of emotion and what emotions are the lowest vibration according to, um, so it's kind of like the science of vibration and how we can actually detect the vibration of emotions. And there's actually a term for that. There's a machine that actually uh, allows you to uh, calibrate the, the, and detects, it can calibrate and detect the emotional frequency. And the word is not coming to me right now. So I will, if I could, it's a very unique word, but uh, it, it's on my last podcast episode. So if you want to go back to that one with um, this week's episode, I'm sorry, that one is very good. It's by Jennifer Fiegelson. So if you want to listen to that, you can hear what she says about that. But calibration of emotion. So the very lowest is grief, um, grief and apathy. I mean, sorry, grief is not the lowest. It's apathy and depression. So apathy and depression is the very lowest emotion. The reason why, of course, depression and apathy are at the bottom is because it's, it's uh, no longer making an effort, right? It's uh, apathy and depression. If we're really stuck there, that is something that we may need help to get through it, right? So we've got apathy and depression, uh, and those of course are at the very, very bottom. And then after apathy and depression, the next emotion up is grief. So a lot of times what you're actually feeling is grief. And it's a really good question to say, am I actually grieving this? Am I grieving X experience? And a lot of times it will be grief. You'll be surprised by how often grief shows up. And then after grief, <clears throat> so the whole, and also one of the things that Steph and I just defined with the apathy and depression was like, it's the whole like, screw it. Like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I completely like 
kind of disassociating from the experience is also uh, a lowest, a low vibration. Um, grief is kind of grieving the truth. So it's like, oh, I'm grieving what really happened here. And I'm really grieving the fact that maybe I didn't listen to myself. Like I'm grieving the fact that um, this person is gone from my life, right? A lot of times when a relationship leaves, what we're feeling is grief, uh, especially when I was a single adult and there's just like, oh, one relationship after another, like you're experiencing grief. But also that happens a lot with other experiences in our life, like, oh, we're grieving the loss of a job, of an identity, etc. So we're grieving how you like were in experience where you're like, oh my gosh, why did right. I say that? Or, you know, like there's... Right. And really what the emotion is, is grief. It's like, we say it's embarrassment, but that underneath embarrassment might be pride or there might even deeper than that be grief, right? So or maybe um, grieving an expectation. Like I, mm -hmm. I feel like I've grieved, I've grieved the fact that I can't be perfect and I can't do everything. Yes. <laughs> Oh, so good. What a great example. There's so many, like if you guys start looking for grief in your, your life, you will find it. You'll be like, wow, I'm yeah. actually grieving that, right? Like that's grief that's there. And then fear, this is where guilt and guilt lives. This is like, and guilt, I'll tell you besides grief, guilt is the most common emotion. Guilt underlies a ton of what we do. So fear, um, this is, I mean, think about fear in regards to just how much does fear impact your life? I fear their opinions, right? So I would say, Steph, when we were talking about people coming to the Utah Podcast Coalition, there's actually fear underneath that, that what if, what if people don't like this? What if um, it's not good enough for them? What if they mm. judge the content? Um, what if I'm an imposter? What if, what if like, I'm an imposter? I right. don't know what to say. Yeah, I, I agree well, that fear is sort of the root of anxiety. Right. And fear really pulls you into the what if thinking, like what if X, what if Y, even if you're not using what if, you're probably actually thinking worst case scenario. So if you're going into worst case scenario, which is one of my greatest talents, um, <laughs> if you uh, worst case scenario, you're in fear. Just you automatically know I'm in fear because I'm going to the worst case scenario, which means I am afraid of something here, right? And so uh, so that's fear. And then, um, and fear, of course, also asking yourself, what am I feeling guilty about, right? Because I would say there's guilt also tied in with that stuff. There's some guilt, like I should have done X more. I haven't done well, enough. I haven't contacted people. I haven't, yeah. And why is it all on your shoulders? Which by the way, it isn't, but like you definitely are the, the like, I want this to work. I will, I'm the most invested. And so you carry a lot of that investment. And so I think it's also just becoming cognizant, like how can I share this load? And how can my, how can the board help me and support me more? Is there a way that we can create a more balanced system here? That's also something to contemplate because that might be a solution. And then next we have desire. So desire, most of us think like, oh, desire is good, right? Desire is positive. Well, also the energy of desire can be like, I don't have it. I don't have X. And so it's a longing emotion and desire. Uh, so, you know, I think a lot of us desire things, but it's actually telling on a subconscious level, it's saying, I do not have X. 
I do not have why. And so watching our desires, the that's actually really powerful. You're like, huh, how can I reframe this so that I move from desire into in, into courage, really? You want to move from desire to courage, but we'll talk about courage. So desire, and then we have anger. So above desire is anger. So if you're in anger, man, you guys are getting so close to a higher frequency emotion. So anger is actually so cool. And what's amazing about anger is that anger can give you energy. When people are angry, people go do things they otherwise wouldn't do. So if you're if you are in depression and suddenly you're in anger, you've jumped up a lot, right? Like you're like, no, I'm just ticked off, right? That that is actually super powerful. So anger is higher frequency, and then above anger is pride. So pride, of course, we know in the scriptures, like pride goeth before the fall, right? And so if you look at this, this is so interesting that pride is so anger and then pride and then we have courage so if you get to courage courage is a higher frequency emotion so you're finally hitting into like higher frequencies and these means that they're they're more empowering emotions they help you move forward they help you to um to feel good again kind of a thing and so courage if you're in and also you can jump from depression to to courage you can jump from grief to courage. You can jump from fear to courage. All of these things can be jumped to, but courage is, I'm, um, I see I'm trying to avoid grief. Grief comes and visits me. So, so like courage is the whole idea that like, I, I can see you grief. I see that I'm trying to avoid you right now. Like grief, you're here, but I am choosing to release that emotion and to move into courage, which means that I believe everything is working out for me. Or I love and I accept you, Steph. Everything, the efforts you're making, you're making are sufficient. It is sufficient. You know what I mean? So things like that, more empowering thoughts, thoughts that make you feel better. So, um, and it makes sense that courage is like that act, right? Like someone that's been in an abusive relationship, courage is the thing to leave. Someone that hates their job, courage is the thing that gets them to quit. Courage is the thing that gets right. entrepreneurs to start, you know? Yeah. Like if you look for courage, you'll also see it everywhere, right? Like anything, any of these emotions, if you look for them, you'll find them all over the place, right? And then um, after courage, we have acceptance. So it's interesting to me that acceptance is higher than courage, but that is fascinating to me because acceptance is this whole idea like you are not fighting against reality. You accept the situation. You're not fighting with reality anymore. You're just like, this is the reality and I accept you. So when we say I love and I accept you, Tracy, those are two really high vibration emotions is acceptance and love together, that combination. And when we say it in our minds to somebody who's really frustrating us by saying like, oh wow, I'm feeling the frustration and I wanna release that or feel it, but then release it and say, I love and I accept you, fill in the blank, like your husband. I love and I accept you, David. I love and I accept you, Jacob. I love and I accept you, whoever it may be, right? That you're having a hard time with, you can, that's a really good thing is to utilize the I love and I accept you phrase. And then acceptance and then above acceptance is love. And of course, love is where we want to live, right? We want to live in a state of love because in a state of love, we tend to, um, we tend to go into just a higher calibration, right? Automatically, our motives are pure. 
and we are operating from a state of desiring the, I mean, desiring, huh? but like you want the best for other people and they want the best for you. But love is just the highest calibration. And of course, we're taught that in the word of God as well, right? So love is really high. And then um, there's one above love and I can't remember. Peace. peace. Sorry, peace. I'm like, it's peace. Thank you for letting me put you on the spot with all this. Yeah. But no, I just, just feel like I, I learned so much it. about it. Yeah. I mean, I just barely taught this for the first time. So this yeah. is my second time teaching it, but um, peace is above love. And it's so interesting that they go hand in hand because, oh my goodness, how many of us are seeking for peace? We just, we just want peace. And I think that's also with the anxiety, we're often thinking like, I just want peace. <laughs> I want to be in a different state. I don't want to feel this. And so the desire, the I want phrase is kind of, we're sitting in desire, but releasing the desire like oh i see you i do want to be in a state of peace but i'm actually gonna like see myself being peaceful and then say okay i release that and then you'll be surprised to find yourself feeling peaceful so one of the things i have found is that you even so your desires like oh i want to have this home or i want to have this thing what you do is like when they talk about the law of mani manifestation or law of attraction things like that one of the things they say is that you visualize yourself you see it and then the power of it though is when you release it is when you're like, oh, this is what I desire, but then you don't like focus all your energy on it. You're like, I release that. I know what I desire, but I'm also gonna release the desire. So a lot of that is when like things naturally flow to you, right? When they talk about like how it's natural, I think that's what they're talking about is that it's not that you're forcing it. You're like letting it come to you in a more natural state instead of being like, this is the only way I'll be happy. Cause that's way too much dependent on something that really doesn't make you happy, right? So it's all dependent on what we're focusing on. So anyway, those are that's the frequency. So again, if you went from the bottom, it's apathy and depression, grief, fear, desire, anger, pride, courage, acceptance, love, and peace. So that's all. That's really cool. Peace is something that I've been praying for for a long time. And this just made me realize wow, everyone is striving for peace. And also, I feel like it takes a lot of work to get there. That's just not going to come. I feel like we all have to do the work to get to that point in our life. And we also have to accept that we're not going to feel that all the time. Emotions, like that's just the nature of emotions. We're going to, what's the word, ebb and flow? Like we're going to go through all the emotions and that's just life. Yeah. Well, and one thing, like, I, I've told this to so many people since Tracy taught me on Friday, right? Like, I feel like this has just been an aha moment. But what I really, like, I listened to your podcast with Rachel Curfew, and she talked about how, you know, emotions are sort of like these tools, right? And that they're all good for us instead of being like and she said that some people like don't like being in those darker colors of like the rainbow of emotion but they all have their place and um and I think that like sort of taking that all away and being like you know what if I'm feeling angry right now like let's feel this like let's sit in this anger and I don't know, I just think, like, as I've seen Tracy, as you've read this book, as you really have applied it, like, you do have this inner peace about you, because I think you know the tools that can help you with all your emotions. And as we're talking about peace, I'm like, that's why 
I want to live an organized life. That's why I want to try to be at places on time is because I don't want to feel frantic or anxious or, you know, and I think that like peace is having that, that order, but not order, but I think peace is having the tools to help you um, live the life that you want. Totally. Steph, have you bought this book yet? This letting go book? I kind of feel like this book is like the Bible of this. <laughs> I know. I feel like podcast. I need to. I <laughs> need to read it. But Tracy, you said that it's a little, is it a little hard to get into? So I don't know if you like it, Steph. That's just like my own speculation. But I wonder if like you listened to it, if you could. I, I just wonder, there's this part of me that's like, is this too, because it's a, it's a little bit like hypothetical, right? Like yeah. I feel like the book is a little bit like, hey, here's the letting go technique. And then you're like, wait, what? So you mean I'm like supposed to feel my emotion, see my emotion, let it go. And then it comes back and I'm supposed to see it, feel it and let it go. See it, feel it, let it go. Like keep on letting this go. Yeah. But I feel like when I've actually done it, it's been amazing, right? Like when I've actually practiced it, I'm like, whoa, this actually, this technique works. But sometimes the emotion is so dominant. Like there's an emotion you're feeling and it is so strong that the only way you can like actually get through the emotion is to express it so you've got to have some kind of expression so you either have to like lay it out on god or on a friend or whatever it may be but you you do have to like express it sometimes because there's so much pressure there's just so much pressure that's building with that emotion which all of us have felt right or yeah. like ah you have to like get it out or it's gonna just pop right <laughs> and so I think that that is also discussed in the book, but it's just been, for me, I feel like it came to me at the time when I needed it, right? Like it's come at the time when I was ready to receive it. And I feel like it's one of those books that you have to be ready to receive. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people could be like, this is hogwash. Like, what are they talking about? Right. But I was just in this space where I was like, this makes sense to me. Well, and I'm more, I love people's stories and stuff. So like, this is a little bit more like technical on emotion. So I could see it being sort of a snooze fest for me. So maybe I'm like, you give me the <laughs> reader's digest notes. I can give you the clip <laughs> version. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I like, even just talking about this, like I, like this anxiety that I felt earlier, like I do feel more in a peaceful state because I think I'm just reminded of the tools that I have and yeah. things that I want to work on. So yeah, good. I do so, feel like that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go for it. Go for it. I can't see. I'm on my phone today, so I can't see either of your faces. So I'm just kind of guessing when I could jump in. But um, I was just going to say, I really love this idea of like separating emotions from us. Like it just makes it seem like emotions are things, like they're objects that you can sort and move and do whatever you want with them. And it just is so interesting so oh that's a good point it feels less personal right just like all these things it's it's less personal it feels like oh yeah i'm experiencing x emotion that's fine everybody experiences that but also that doesn't mean i am the grief i'm not grief i'm you know it's almost like it jumps inside of you like it's not yours it just is like this thing that jumped inside of you and now you can do whatever you want with it Well, and I often think about grief as like losing someone, right? Like you're grieving, like loss of someone dying. But as you're talking, it's like, oh, there's so many situations that you can grieve. 
whether it's your youth being able to stay up all night, pulling an all-nighter, grieving that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. just so many things that you can yeah. be in that. So. All right. Well, in regards to our goals, do we want to review those really fast or do we want to, what are, what are our plans for next week? Do you want to start with a start, Steph? Yeah. So last week I had the goal to get to 30% for my audio. That was a very ambitious one. I only got to 9%. And then I wanted to get like um, a few more percentage on my relationship and what was the other one? Um, I don't have my notebook with me. Anyways, those two stayed the same and my audio just went to 9%. So this week I really want to focus on that audio goal to get what I want um, for this week. So I'm going to just try to get another 9% this week. <laughs> Um, because I feel like that's more realistic. That's great. I feel like, um, kind of my main goal lately has been to slow down, decrease anxiety, get more organized, get more clear. And I feel like I did that with the spreadsheet. I'm going to keep testing the spreadsheet, uh, changing things as needed. I also felt really inspired to try breath work. Um, after this podcast, I, I listened to your podcast, Tracy, super interesting. And I was like, that's cool, but I'll probably never do it. I'll pro I probably won't do the breath work thing. Like, but after talking today, I'm like, you know what? No, I'm gonna give it a shot. So my goal this week is to do, I'm just going to go to your show notes and look up some of the breath work things, go to YouTube, look up some breath work exercises. And I'm just going to do like a, like two to five minute breath work thing a day and see how I feel. Love it. Um, I sort of changed my habits this week and got a few more things refined. So I added in the two servings of veggies because I'm going to try to be doing a little more vegetable eating in my day. And then um, I was supposed to do my journaling questions, you guys. That was the big thing. I don't know if you remember, but I told you, I was like, I am wait. I need to do these journaling questions. And you guys, I did not do very well with that. Like I, I did it twice <laughs> and that is not sufficient. I have got to like crack down on this. And so I'm trying to decide how I'm going to change what I've been doing. Right. Cause clearly what I've been doing hasn't worked. So I think I'm going to do it in the morning. So I'm going to try to get it done before noon. So I'll set a time for me. Um, and then I'm going to put it into my calendar. So I'm going to put the questions, the journaling time into my actual calendar. So that's how I'm going to change that up. And then, um, Everything else was like, I, I was, I've been more consistent in my habits, in my daily habits, for sure. I've, I've been more consistent. Um, the only one I've been really bad at, I've even been doing posture exercises again. I mean, I didn't do them a ton, but I, I've actually done them a little bit this month and I did them twice this week, which is good for me. So I'm going to keep on trying to do it and I've cut it down to smaller tape. So it's only 10 minutes of posture exercises and then I move on. So as long as I make it more bite size, I can do it. All right, you guys, the invitation for this next week is to uh, do the same thing we did, which is to go to God first. So the invitation for you guys is to practice instead of going straight to a friend, um, but to go to God and see how that helps strengthen that relationship and see how it works for you. Mm -hmm.